Hi, I'm Melanie Barr. Welcome to the She Built It Experience with Melanie. You're here because you want to experience the life and business that you crave. Join me as I talk to women who have successfully built it, a career and business that they love. We dive into the topic of how they built it and talk about everything from having the courage to make career leaps to the details of how to lead effectively, create successful teams, implement strategies for growth, and infuse tech innovation. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. So let's dive in. Lisa Collum is the founder and CEO of a multi-million dollar curriculum company, Top Score Writing. While teaching at a Title I school, Lisa developed an innovative step-by-step program proven to dramatically increase writing scores nationwide on standardized assessments. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. You are the founder of a multi-million dollar curriculum company, Top Score Writing. Did you always want to be a teacher? And tell us about the pivotal moment when you decided to make the leap and launch your business. So my mom tells me that literally from the time I was five years old, I was in my bedroom teaching. Even to when I got to the high school level, I was studying for my tests by teaching on the board. So I still had the whiteboard and that was my way of studying. So there was no doubt in anyone's mind I was going to be a teacher. So 21 years old, graduate college, get my first teaching job, super excited. I didn't know which grade level I technically wanted to teach. Thought maybe I'd be a good kindergarten teacher. Got thrown into a fourth grade classroom and was told I was in charge of writing. So I thought, okay, I got this. I'll just study it myself and then figure out a fun way to teach the kids. But right away in the first month of my first year teaching, I realized there's not a lot of resources for teaching writing. The reading teacher had a whole curriculum set and the science teacher and math and social studies, but there was nothing for writing. And I happened to be at one of the lowest performing schools in my area. And I thought, I'm just going to go back to basics. I taught them, I always say the pieces or the parts of an essay, did lots of repetition and practice, just like anything. If you had a football game, you'd go out and practice every day and ended up doing really well, getting 95% of my students to pass, which before me coming in, it was about 38% that they had passed. So it was a, a huge jump. And then for two years after that, got 100% of the students to pass. So I was doing really well, didn't think anything of it, went on to become like a writing coach and then a specialist. And about eight, nine years in, I got a job opportunity to work from home teaching. And I was on my third baby. So I thought, all right, I'll take that. And it was that moment that everyone started calling and emailing and saying, where'd you go? You've been giving us all these ideas and tips and strategies for eight years. And now you're gone. And I'd say, I took another job. They said, can you just write it down and we'll like buy it from you? And I'll never forget, I laughed, like out loud laughed and thought, there's no way (laughs) I'm not a business person. But through their convincing, I sat down, wrote the lessons. And that's literally after Googling, how do you start a business? How top score writing was born. And when you started to see all of the success in your business, People were asking you why. I follow you on Instagram. And so I've seen because you were so successful with the program. No one expected a teacher to go off on their own and be successful, especially school districts feel like you should stay in the district and help the district and everything for the district. So the fact that I left didn't make a lot of people happy. And the fact that I was now charging, I was sharing tips and resources for free for years, but then I created a curriculum. And so it became where everyone was like, well, who is she? And and why does she get to do that? And so I had old teacher friends who were erasing my name. I had district people that were taking my PowerPoints, my lessons, 
literally whiting out the bottom where it said created by Lisa Column and putting the district's name. And I thought, here I am trying to not just help 10 schools, to help schools across the nation. And it took a while to prove myself as this curriculum writer and business owner. But it wasn't until I kind of went outside of the bubble that I was in, that my county and people that I knew and realized I could do it without them. When it started to expand to other counties and other states, and they were so thankful and grateful. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And you were so successful with your results with the kids. Yeah. And that was the thing. I don't have anything to prove. It works. The data's there. I was still teaching full time for the first four years. So to me, I was like, okay, you guys want it all. I can sell it. I was selling it for nothing. But then it just slowly started to spread, which took me for surprise. So I was like, maybe this is for real, for real going to be a business. (laughs) This is going faster than I ever imagined. So that's when I ended up quitting my full-time job during the day and doing this full-time. And it just shows you were on the right track. Yes. I follow you on social media and I love how transparent you are. I saw one post that said the day I stopped caring what other people think. Tell us about that moment and how has it changed your life? Yeah, this is probably the hardest thing for anyone to do because we all think about what everyone else is going to think, right? Doesn't matter what your hair looks like, what clothes you're wearing, how your kids are acting. It's always what everyone else is going to think. I know even sometimes as a mom, my kids are like in front of people. I'm like, do not even do that. There are people watching. (laughs) I have twins, so I understand. Yes. I was so scared to show myself on social media because I was like, I'm going to see people and they're going to be like, what, what is this? What's that silly dance you're doing? Or who do you think you are? Like telling people running a business. I never until maybe four or five years ago, mentioned that I was a CEO because I I just imagine a CEO running this billion dollar company, some man sitting in this big office with 500 employees. So I didn't think I you know deserved the name CEO or author, even though I'd written 25 curriculum books. I was like, well, I didn't write a book book, like a novel. I thought, no, I am a CEO. I am an author. And I can do whatever I want on social media and I don't care. And it took me a few posts to just realize, you know what? There are other people in the world. I don't have to worry about the certain people I keep thinking about or what other people may think. There's enough people in the world. Some will like you and some won't. And that's just life. But it changed everything. Honestly, when I released the fact that I'm not going to care what people think and if they don't like it, they can keep scrolling. When people get all in the comments, I'm like, why do you have nothing else to do with your life? Like, just scroll up. (laughs) Right. I love how you stepped into your power. And if you're you, people are going to want to follow you. Because I came across your page and I thought, wow, I really resonate with a lot of the things that you're saying. It's hard for anybody. It's harder for a mom and a woman because you kind of feel like, well, I'm a mom. Can I do a dance on TikTok? Or can I do a reel that shows me out with my friends? The reality of it is we're human. It's just as important for my kids to see me as mom in the house, in the kitchen, as mom out with her friends and mom out on date night with dad and and mom doing all the things she loves. That's just as important for them to see. And we're moms and business owners, but we still want to have fun. That's it. And as my kids have got older, my oldest is almost 17. And I always think I'm so glad I've finally stepped into who I really am because I didn't do that in the beginning years. You know, I wasn't truly owning up to being an entrepreneur. I used to tell people, oh yeah, I like help teachers. That's all I ever said. Meanwhile, I'd written like 25 books and was selling to schools everywhere. But I was like, I just help teachers with writing. 
But I, when I finally stopped caring and accepting who I was and what my business was, I'm so glad I did that because now he's seen that and he'll probably be married in the next 10 years and be able to know that his wife may want to do the same things I did, or maybe a stay-at-home mom or maybe work part-time. And it doesn't matter. You can still be a good mom and a good wife. It's important to, to step into who you are and own that because your kids are watching. And that's more important than anything. And you are a mother of four. What advice can you give women who are managing a busy lifestyle while also growing a business? Yeah. The first thing I can say is I promise there's a way to do it all. I know when you sit back and think about it, it seems overwhelming and not doable. And I, I stop myself when I, when I start to think about it too much, because if I look at my list of things to do and the kids schedule, my brain tells me this is too much. I start getting overwhelmed. I have two. I can only imagine with four. Yes. So I stopped doing that. I like my paper and pencil list. I like my paper and pencil calendar. And I'm big on prioritizing and delegating. Those are my top two tips. I make my list. If there's 50 things on my list, I'll prioritize the top things that have to be done the next day or that day. I'll delegate as much as I can. And delegating could be to someone on my team. Or it could be as simple as the grocery app that does the grocery shopping, right? To me, that's delegating. That's two hours of my life I'd probably spend going there. So I try to see what I can delegate. And then I schedule out everything. And I don't schedule out the month. I just take it week by week. A little, a little too overwhelming. I just map it out. And you know what? There are some times where I'm like, we're not going to make it to this game. And it's a divide and conquer with my husband and I. And, and it's just the way it is. And sometimes they go, you didn't come to my game. I'll go to yours next and I'll drop your brother at the next one or whatever it is. So it's finding what works for you, whatever simple system, and it's not letting it overwhelm you because there's so much you can do as a mom and a business owner. And I don't want anyone to not take advantage of those things they could do just because they think I don't, it's too much. I believe there's more time in the day than we think. And I take advantage of everything. If I'm sitting in the car for 30 minutes while they're warming up for basketball, I'm answering an email. If I schedule out my day to where I know nine to 10 is a team meeting and 10 to 12, I'm working on a project and 12 to one, whatever. If I schedule it out, I stay on track. If I don't schedule it out, someone texts me and I start texting back and then I get a TikTok sent to me and then I'm on TikTok. But if I have this schedule to stay on top of things. And time blocking, if you give yourself an hour, you know, you can get it done sometimes faster. Where if you didn't give yourself that hour, it might take two. And it's also so empowering sometimes to say no to things because we want to do so many things with our kids and our friends. And sometimes just saying, no, I really want to do this, but I'm going to take, stay home and take care of myself. My oldest is almost 17 and my youngest is six. I've been a mom for almost 17 years, probably first 10 years. I wasn't really good about taking care of myself. I wasn't worried about if I was going to hang out with the girls or go on a date night or or get a cute dress, little things that we like to do. And then it hit me all of a sudden at some point later around the time I was starting my business and I'd had my fourth kid and I thought, no, like I owe this to myself, whether it be going out with friends or having a day at the beach, whatever that may be. And again, going back to like the mom thing, I think it's important to to make that a part of us. So they see that as well. Yeah. And I love that you take time to honor yourself. Yeah, it's, it's important. And I always say that I feel like when you become a mom, you lose yourself, which isn't a bad thing, but you do because you become a mom. 
But I truly believe when you find yourself again, because you will, it's a new you. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're not going to be that same person. You're different. You've been through this crazy mom survival mode, everything thrown at you. But it's so important and empowering. And then you get to live this, this new thing. I'm still the same person in a sense, but now I've got this mom part of me. So it changes things in a good way. You are also the owner of a nonprofit, Coastal Middle and High School. A component of your mission is to help all children succeed. Tell us about your school and do you have a favorite success story? Yeah. So it's funny because I tell people, yeah, I bought a school. And they're like, that sounds like that movie. I bought a zoo, (laughs) just like random. (laughs) So this, this school, this is the way I describe it, causes me the most time, stress and money. But it's like my fifth child. It literally has a part of my heart. It's definitely my calling for sure. I found out about the school in my early 20s. And I I knew it was a school for kids that were struggling in school. And my brother ended up going there in high school. And my brother hated school, dropped out. My mom found this school and he went every day and then begged for summer school and never fake sick, never said I want my stomach hurts. He just went every day. And I remember being like, what is this place? So I drove there, met the owner. It was a guy and his wife that started it. All the kids got their feet kicked up, half of them in her pajamas. I'm like, and I'm from public school and I'm like, what is this? But I remember sitting back and watching and they were all in probably the best discussion. It was some history topic I'd ever seen in a school. And I thought, wow, this is so different. It's so awesome. And I talked to him for years. I I kept going and going and going. And I said, when you don't want this anymore, call me. Well, it took like 12 years because forever I'm like, I'm going to get that school one day. And he ended up calling. He had graduated all the students. So when I bought the school, it was ground zero. There was nothing, just just the building. And I thought, I'm going to start this from scratch the way I want it. And I'm going to make it a nonprofit because I want to be able to get funding for the students that can't afford it. And I want to accept all state scholarships, which is a process, meaning any kid that has low income can come for basically free. Any type of learning disability, ADHD, uh, anything like that can come for free. Started with one kid. I was going to do it part-time. That's always my thing. And then it starts growing and it ends up being full-time. And seven kids, 11, and now we have 50. So I cap it at 50 because um, my belief is that every kid comes with a story. So their story may be mom is a drug addict or dad is in jail or they don't have electricity or they struggle for food, whatever that story is. When they come in, let's say they put their head down. I don't want to forget their story and yell at them. I don't want the teacher to be like, put your head up. We need to remember that story, right? You can put your head down 15 minutes. It's okay. Or we know that things are hard right now. If you want to go sit in the office for a little bit, you can. So I cap it at 50 because I want everyone, myself and all my teachers and staff to remember those stories. So it's a very unique place. It's very family, small. We take breaks every 40 minutes. And it's just, it's my, you know, there's a lot goes on there that's stressful, but it's the happiest part of my day when I can go there and I see them all and they're happy. You asked about a success story and probably my favorite one I'll never forget is a student whose mom was on drugs and his aunt had taken custody of him, came to me as well. I only had about seven kids and was always on a drug or had a drug. And I just kept trying to pull him in and pull him in. And he would skip a lot. And then he just started coming and we got a, formed a great relationship. And um, his aunt, I think I charged her 50 bucks a month or something. She had no money and we weren't getting scholarships at the time. And he came 
graduated and went to mechanic school and now is working full-time at a place in Orlando as a full-time mechanic and killing it and totally changed his life. No drugs involved. I still talk to him and his aunt and it's just amazing because she's always like, you saved him. That's the whole point. There's so many kids that just need something different. And that's what my school does. It's so great that you're giving them that human experience and the space to be who they are. Yeah. And I I sat on the board of a nonprofit and it was for um, underserved teen girls to graduate high school and get accepted to college. And I remember the girls would come in. They didn't want to be there. They'd sit in the back with their arms folded. And after a while in the program, it was amazing to see their confidence come out for them to have a sense of community. And it's so wonderful that you're doing that for kids. And I remember when my twins were little, it's interesting that kids have to find a place where they feel like themselves. When yeah. I put them in preschool at three and they couldn't really talk. And every time I dropped them off at this preschool, they cried. And every time I picked them up, they cried. And I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. I found a new preschool. I pulled in the driveway and they clapped. And then as oh. when I picked them up, they clapped and they were happy. And it was just so amazing because they couldn't speak, but they knew where they felt safe and where they felt was right for them. So it's so great you're doing that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and it's not that one place is better or worse than the other. It's just kids need something different. It's just like anything else in the world. I think you also own a farm. I remember seeing you on Instagram (laughs) sitting among the animals. One of the common themes lately from busy women on my show has been to take time for you. How do you make sure to take time for yourself during the day? Yeah, so I grew up on like a little mini farm, similar to what I built. And animals have been always my thing. I had a horse growing up, goats, emus, cats, dogs, ducks, all the the things. And I loved that. We had our house and our kids. And I thought one day I'm building a mini farm. And my husband just looked at me like, I mean, I swear he thinks I'm I'm nuts because I'm buying a school and starting a farm. (laughs) He's definitely on a fun ride. (laughs) Yeah. And so everyone said, you're crazy. You have four kids and two businesses. You have no time. Why would you start a farm? And I told my husband, I said, I refuse to be 70 or 80 years old, sitting on my front porch, wondering what it would have been like if I started that farm and what it would have been like to have goats and chickens with the kids. I'm not doing that. And so I started with my pig who was this big, which is only about a foot and now is a hundred and something pounds. And then did the goats. And so my idea with that was I'm a person likes to be productive. I'm not good with sitting around a lot. I love being around the animals. So that's how I find me time, my mornings, my evenings. Of course, my family will help, but I'm very much like, nope, I got it. I love going out there. It's my slow time. You know, I give them their food, their water. I talk to them, pet them. It's it's just my thing. At night, I'm like, gotta go see the animals, guys. See you later. <laughs> I try to make a point to make sure I'm taking care of me. I think the shift for me, what happened after 10 years of losing myself, caught in momhood and just doing the the daily routine, you get up, get the kids out of school, you go to work all day, you come home, you're trying to get bedtimes, baths, you go to bed, you do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And the weekends were my time just like try to stay sane and get laundry done. And so the shift for me really came where I started to think as my kids got older, I always say that kids when they grew up, they do what they see, not what they were told. So it's what they saw their whole life that they end up doing again as adults. And I, I, that was a shift for me, reminding myself, I don't know what it was. I can't remember exactly, but something I saw or read and I thought, here I am, this hermit crab in momhood, not being the real Lisa, not 
getting my cute dress on sometimes or not going to get my nails done or not having a date night. And they're watching this. And luckily there was so little of them, but I thought I can't, I, I need them to see the full Lisa because I have three boys and I need them to know that that's okay for their wives to do. And I have my girl and I want her to know that she should be able to do everything. So that was the shift for me when it just hit me that I need to make sure I'm taking care of myself. So they see that. And this is such an inspiring conversation. And so great that you had the courage to do that. I think it's good that I had both sides of it because I, I understand being lost in it. It's a lot, especially in the beginning, those first two men, it's like, Whoa, what am I doing? I know with twins. I, I mean, it really, oh, I cannot. Yes, I did no. not leave. I went from being out and gaining clients and being all over LA to literally sitting in a nursery, really wondering who I was. But it's interesting as they get older, you think, you know, I'm still that person and I need to reconnect. I love how you say you become a new version. Yeah. My husband will say, you weren't, you weren't like this when I first met you. Not that I'm loud, but I was very quiet, very, I'm just going to be a teacher forever. And I, I was fine with that. Then there's nothing wrong with that. So for me to be starting a business and buying a school and having four, like, he's like, who are you? <laughs> That's just me finding the new me and seeing that there's so much more to it. So anytime I'm asked to talk about it, I just love it because I want to inspire their moms. And I, I, I understand I've been there and you know, I'm still there as a mom and just, I, it's, it's a constant struggle and we're always juggling things, but I just think that we can still live out our, our full potential and everything that we've dreamed of, whether it's starting the farm or buying a school, whatever, how crazy it sounds, at least try it, go for it and see what happens. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. What is one way that you make sure to find and live your joy each day? I think the biggest thing is remember why you started it. So if you're running a business that can get hard, I always remind myself why I'm doing this. Top score writing, I'm doing it because I was a teacher and there were no resources for me and it was a lot of work. And so I want to make it easier for teachers, take that off their plates, give them the resources. But I also want to give students a simple way to write because I saw these kids that were below grade level that never were going to pass and, and years prior didn't. And I gave them just a simple way. So for teachers and students, my mission is to give them those resources and tools to become successful. And then even with my school, as much as sometimes I'm like, oh, if one more parent comes in here or if one more student this, the biggest thing is just remember why you started it. Remember that overall mission or your passion behind it. And that will remind you and bring that joy back because it's going to be, it's always ups and downs, right? Forever, everything. Such good advice. You have built two incredible businesses and you are such an inspiration. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Can you please tell us how and where we can find you? Yes. So my most active place is Instagram. My handle is Lisa Column CEO. And I also have a website, which is lisacolumn.com. Thank you for joining us today. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me at hello at shebuiltit.com on our She Built It website or at She Built It on social. Thank you to my editor, Rich Streffolino, who always makes us sound good. Until next time, let nothing stop you from experiencing the life and business that you crave.